Yes, it's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Howdy, folks. I'm Sleazy B. Martini, entrepreneur extraordinaire. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. This is Curtis Armstrong, and you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time. The dangling thumb. And you're listening to Quality Time Broadcast. And they paid me him or tell him to please leave me alone tell him to politely be like hey not that i want to talk to you but there's a certain hour of the night i don't want to talk to you anybody i told him already if you contact this is bedtime don't contact me and i realize i don't really want to be contacted by anyone i'm like a recluse (laughs) i wish i could live in a hole in the ground with my dead bodies that don't say anything i feel you I just like to watch them rot and smell their stink. <laughs> Am I becoming you, Jeremy? Yes, we are one at last. You, you have become psoriasis of Borg. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, Jerry, I think you should say, hey, you know I don't talk clown business after 5 p.m., you piece of shit! Like that. Just say you're closed for clown business. Uh, oh, literally, but literally the last, <laughs> last time I talked to him, I talked to him about me losing my beer to my friends who left it out in the hallway, at which point I said, I'm done talking. I don't want to talk anymore. And I hung up on him. <laughs> well, that's... I am sorry you got beer robbed, Jeremy. I'm sorry. It, it is a horrible experience, which I deserved because I was really out of it. Um, but at the same time, uh, Eric, did you check your emails? Oh, I checked them, brother. Did you get both of them? Oh, I got both of them. They're loaded up and fucking hot and ready like a little Caesar's pie. But not, not as excited as I am to join my uh, my two favorite people. Uh, first, my blood, my brother, Jeremy P. How are you, sir? Who are you talking to? Oh, my gosh. Is this Heather Dunn or Heather Donahue, whoever the lady is in this movie? I want to apologize for quality time. It's all my fault. <laughs> It's my fault this program keeps going. (laughs) And I'm the reason why the content is so bad. (laughs) Hey, Jeremy, I know what you could make your program better. If uh, if you have a, if you talk a lot more about Jackson Brown, I you know I'll listen to every and all, and all my friends like Jackson Brown as well. I would love to film a documentary series, Jeremy, called the. Yeah, well, you know what you should do? You should make it all about the Vikings. Quality time about Vikings and fucking not, and strippers. I'd love I'm Jackson a, Brown Restivo. I'd love a. I'd love a Blair Witch shoot with you, Jeremy, where I just send Uncle Jeff to your tent constantly. Like, hey, Jerry, you sleeping right now? Because uh, 
Hey, do you remember remember when I told you eight years ago I needed a pull cord for that lawnmower that didn't work, and then you didn't find? Did you ever find that? <laughs> and it's just, sure. it's just. Hey, you go, Jim, oh, why, why'd you stab? Why'd you stab me? You stabbed me right in the chest. I don't know why you stabbed me. Shut up and stand in the corner and don't look at me. <laughs> 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 that other that other laughter uh, that you hear in the background is none other uh, who's live on the streets of York at a concert is none other than Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm not Ashley. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who do we have? Uh, I'm the hair bitch. <laughs> who's the hair bitch? <laughs> I just I just start harassing you in your sleep and you're just like where is all this hair coming from and I'm like I'll give you a hint it's not my head uh oh it's puss girl I didn't say puss oh no <laughs> oh no and she's been using that special that special conditioner just for pubes damn it could you imagine you just soap up your ass with conditioner and be like, my ass hair is the softest. <laughs> it says mane and tail. <laughs> I mean, I, who would, I mean, I wouldn't choose to have, uh, I mean, if I could take care of my asshole hair as best I could, I'd want to do that. You know? Mommy, mommy, what, what are the cartoon pubic hairs dancing? What are they? No, like it would be I think it's a great idea to moisturize your ass hairs because for these guys it's like petting a pony. Oh <laughs> my little pony. Uh that's good. I'm glad we could all uh we could Oh it's good here. to find a good place for anal bleaching. Okay, now you're German. I'm I'm in. Yes, my name is Bruno. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Um um anyway we are we're back welcome to quality time i'm of course your host eric and uh today we have uh a, one of my uh most nostalgic films growing up uh we'll be going over the blair witch project later today but ashley i uh i'd like to start with you uh i heard that you successfully defeated cancer on friday um how did that go not great um <laughs> wait a minute okay so I'm, tell the listeners yes. the show that you had, right? So I had a show in Dover, PA. Oh, guess what? It's getting louder outside. I love this. What I'm glad I'm here. Um, <laughs> uh, is there um, music in another apartment? No, do you hear? So if you can hear that, that is a street concert that just had to be happening today outside the windows of the apartment I'm in. Oh. So, you know, life is full of meaning and purpose. Um, so I had a show on Friday, uh, in Dover, PA, that part of the proceeds, most of the money was going to be going towards, uh, someone in need of a stem cell transplant for their cancer. Oh, okay. And, and um, I was happy, you know, to be a part of it. I love doing charity work. Um, so when I get there at seven o'clock, can you boys get? At 7 p.m. Show starts at 8. Okay, 7 p.m. Can you guess how many tickets were sold? Seven. Um, ooh, I like, I want to, I feel like I need to do an over under seven. Uh, I'm going to go, what's, can you tell me a bit about the venue itself? How what's the capacity of the venue? It is, it is a speedway because these are rednecks. So we could fit several hundred people in here. Okay. Several hundred people at a speedway 
capacity show. It's outdoors, mm-hmm. yes, too? It is outdoors, correct. Oh, man. There's just, hey, everything about this sounds like it's going to be a bad time. So, all right, um, let's go with the hearts of rednecks and, and the white trash around. I'm assuming this is Pennsylvania, right? Somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go f- four tickets sold. Eric is the closest. It it was three. Oh God, I was so close. And and I find out they are my three cousins that live up there. <laughs> so you are the draw of the show. You're the believe it or not. Not even can you drew better than cancer. Yeah, so it was wild. It. Uh by the end of the night we ended with 14 people. Okay. Um but but yeah, it was uh wild. Um that's almost not, five times what you had starting. So that's good. I mean, if you think about the the growth of the show, it I mean, was yeah, it was um, it was beautiful. Oh, and it was cold as shit. Uh, it was very cold, very windy. Uh, so that was that was pretty great. I will say they brought in a host for whatever reason from Philadelphia, who they put up in a hotel. Which I was like, you are negative money. Uh, cancer's winning. Um, so this is, this is wild, but they also, I guess, never told him what like sort of the event was for. Mm-hmm. So at one point he's like, what are we doing? Raising money for these race car drivers? Like, what's the deal? And I was like, he has no idea that it's cancer. Uh, so. I like that you, you probably raised enough money that you're like, you know, we couldn't get the treatment, but here's a pack of smokes. Uh, it's really the best we can give you. <laughs> it, was, it was something, something truly special. Um, I also had a show last night, um, that was in different ways, equally as terrible. So I'm like, I'm on a hot streak. Um, I'm in complete denial and I can't believe I'm alive right now. Um, and I hate the career that I've chosen. Um, so last night was more people, but the show was wild. Uh, you know what's fascinating? Eric might know this better than you, Jeremy, but maybe you've had some experience. You know what's, what's crazy is when people perform improv and then you also have to watch them each separately perform stand-up later in the show. It's a show that's like way too long uh, for for no for no reason. Um, we already watched the you be bad at improv. Do we have to do this? We're going to do this again. I did start to have a breakdown. I was the headliner, um, and at one point on stage, I'm just like. Uh, dark mark had been there earlier and left with his kid and i was like you know why there's no black people here because you're doing improv no black people like improv improv's terrible and then i realized what i said and i was like not this group though (laughs) (laughs) endearing yourself to the improv troupe i did was i did a show uh with the improv troupe where i had to close out after the improv and i didn't i didn't know that so I just thought these were people that were here to see the show, and the only people mm-hmm. that were there was the improv. So I only performed for the improv troupe after that, after I was trying to endear myself to them. And I was like, oh, you don't, you guys aren't going to give a shit when I go up. Just like, I don't care when you're performing. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I get it. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. Speaking of black people that don't like improv, I have to say the highlight of my week was getting to see Rachel Dole is all naked. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was well worth the only fan subscription so oh well i just like i just like that you're supporting small black businesses that's good hey i'm finally into like black chicks now 
So Hell yeah. yeah, Black Bush matters. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> That's that's so that's special, Jeremy. Um, yeah, special. yeah, it was it was really great. You know what else, Eric? One of your favorite people performed last oh. night as well. The great Sandy Bernstein, fucking just, Sandy, my 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 dog. Hell yeah! Hey, did yeah, she, it was so good to see her. Did she say hey. anything about her pussy? Uh, she told a great joke about her beaver, which we could talk Hell about yeah. off off there the podcast today, Turn which was up. great. And then to really like solidify how well I'm emotionally handling what's going on this weekend. Um, I also then immediately got tagged in pictures of me where I've never looked so fucking fat in my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did I, did I break your pussy this week? Me? Explain, yeah, with, with Was that the first time you actually saw a good uh, Judy Tenuta performance? Thank you for sending that. That was no, Jeremy. That was awesome. I had never seen that her before. So thank you for saying that. You were probably one of the very few bright spots uh, in my day yesterday. And I apologize for not responding in our group text last night because I was looking for a gun. So <laughs> thank you for. Oh man, that was probably the almost the height of her game. I think you know. I think she hit her her uh, her prime right around like eighty two. Yeah. Well, she was very funny. I appreciate you sending it. And like, she was truly, that was such a funny video. And it gave me hope that I too cannot be remembered by other women in comedy 20, 30 years later. I think uh, Paula Poundstone's uh, highest moment was maybe 88 when she was hitting like 14 year old girls. So she gives me the creeps. <laughs> She's the great value version of Ellen. <laughs> hey, Paula Poundstone, here's some comedy from me. Hey. She, she makes me not want to eat box. Yes, there. <laughs> she always, the way she talks, always sounds that she she's never chewed food in her life. She's only slurped it. Like she only <laughs> eats soups. <laughs> that's really good. Hey, that's really good. How about some? You got any peas? Oh, I don't like the chicken chunks. I can't. Uh, chew them. I don't. I that's, I that's too gross, them. Eric. But how was your show last night? <sighs> oh, I had. Uh, you know, I had a fun show with uh, the great uh, Thomas P. Simpasso, where we uh, we did not have a host, so it was just me and him who had to fill the ninety minutes, which we did. I did 40 minutes and 15 of it the crowd really loved uh, <laughs> i fucking struggled through the whole first half of that show and like i do this one joke which it's a good joke all right I, i've never not had it do well and it was the one it's the one where i talk about um kids soccer games and i was like hey if you ever go there you know, you say, "Hey, is that your daughter?" I was like, "I've been watching her last couple. She's really good. She could play travel in this." And then when they ask you who your kid is, you just say, "Oh, I'm just here for the love of the game." And I know that one. It never doesn't get. A, it always gets either at least a good groany laugh or at least a big laugh, right? I got. Mm -hmm. They gave me fucking nothing. They gave me nothing. I didn't make them laugh until I said, I was like, you know, sometimes at a comedy show, you get a big enough laugh where you're allowed to take a drink and then you don't notice. And then I just took a drink and that was the first time they laughed during my set. And that was like 15 minutes in. I was like, okay, you're human beings. And then I like, oh God, I tried to crowd work them. It was crowd work. I'm like, let's 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 engage with the audience. I said, hey, what do you need in this world to be making? And she, this guy goes, just another day. I was like, oh my god, what do you have? Cancer? And he was like, 
And he just got real quiet. I was like, Jesus Christ, what have I done? <laughs> he's he's got he's like he got the IV like on, on the stick right next to him and he's in a in his nightgown like I didn't think he really had cancer, but you got out of the hospital tonight to come to this show, Daddy. <laughs> so I am eating the largest of dicks. I will say, tune into Laugh Finder because so uh, we had uh, the the sweet Lou, uh, the uh, spouse of Tommy Zimbazo, because we didn't have an opener. I'll probably save that for Laugh Finder content to go over. Uh, but we made her open the show, so she is now an official comedian. We wrote down jokes to, for her to tell, and get this i won't i will say this she's supposed to bring me up you know what she does and give it up for my good friend i love him to death what's your last name again (laughs) she's like in my head i kept saying like george wentworth but i knew it wasn't right (laughs) so she almost called me george went and instead i just went boom we're ruined now, Lou. <laughs> so, <Eric. laughs> that's a doozy. There you go. So I, I did want to say, I did want to say that. Um, but no, I. No, Eric isn't really George Wentz. No, I'm not really George Went. Uh, the rest of the show, though, I mean, they just we had to really work the laughs out of them. But uh, I will say, Tommy and I, we had planned before the pandemic to do a two man show that was going to be mm-hmm. some musical numbers. And the genesis of that really did happen last night. And I got to say, it fucking kind of ruled. It was actually really good. And we had closed out the show with that. And we didn't know how that was going to go. It was a big swing we were taking. And I got to say, that part of it was a fucking home run. So I'm excited about that. And I left what I... And I want to say, like, you know how when you have, like, not a great show, but it wasn't a bomb? That one, it was like, I got both ends of it. I got to taste what bombing felt like. Then I had like a pretty decent and then it finished good, which I feel like you want to do, right? Like, in no matter, like, because it felt like we, I won the game ultimately, right? Like, it might not have been perfect. I know I fucked up a lot. We struggled against like a, a one in five Bears team, but we did succeed. So, does, does Tommy actually play an instrument? Uh, nothing but the skin flute, my pet. My friend, that's it. It's the only thing he does. Look, look I, I haven't asked this, but I, I would fully ex- expect. Tommy Simbazo to play every single instrument of the modal nodes, which is actually the Cantina band from Star Wars. Oh, like, okay. actually made instruments that look and sound exactly like the Cantina band from well, you, Star Wars. You know what that type of music is called in the Star Wars universe, though, right? It's called jizz music. Yeah. Yeah. They call that jizz music for real. Start back in the day. They were like, they asked George Lucas, "What is it called?" He's like, "Oh, they, it's not jazz. It's space jazz. It's called jizz music." So that he—that's what it's called. Oh, I do love jizz. Yeah, I love the jizz. Speaking of jizz, I do have one other good funny joke that I'll never use again, but I thought it was great. I'd mentioned because I bring up—I brought up Tommy in the show, right? Because uh, I finish off and I'm bringing him up, and I go, uh, "I go." I was like, "This guy, dear friend of mine. In fact." 
because uh, of the rules of the road, I had to suck him off on the drive up here. And I was like, and I was like, you know how hard that is to do while you're driving? It's difficult. Uh, <laughs> which, which I, I got. That was the only other really big, big laugh I got out of my set. Like one of the, like the three or four. Uh, but um, no, it was fun overall. I was excited and, um, you know, more excited to just be here with you two today. Um, tired. Um, a little bit hungry, but uh, making it through. And you know how my morning was. How did your morning go, Jeremy? Because you've you've been busy. You've not only uh, been been working and and doing your thing, but you've also brought new music to us this week. So I'm excited about that. It's about damn time, and I really really start to get itchy and scratchy and uh, crunchy and, and 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 crusty when I don't get to make music because that's what lets the demons out. The demons get out once the music gets out and then they go on tape and then they're like a genie in a bottle and the genie, unless it's rubbed, stay in the bottle and won't, won't keep trying to get out of in, bothering my head. So I'm happy and the demons are on, on tape now. <laughs> Which leads, good. which leads us to our new song, Motivation. Uh, I can only imagine. <laughs> I mean, what do you think is the best way to get uh, demons on the tape? You, know, you put them on music or something? You know? Jackson Brown? Can I, can I tell you something that's been in my mind the last couple of days that I can't stop laughing or telling people about? Uh, I I have this, uh, this thing that's been poking around my head. It's um you guys are familiar with uh Elliot Page, formerly uh Ellen Page. Um, It'll always be Ellen to me. Well, you know, I have whatever whatever journey people I just call her Dickless Ellen. There you go. So uh Ellen with a dick. I I came up with this character uh in my head called Sam Elliot Page. And what, what this character is, it's just so it's Sam Elliot essentially. Just as you remember him, except he's got gargantuan titties, just big fucking everything is the same though. He still wears a cowboy suit. He still he still looks except, except he's got giant tits. But now he's a he's a woman. I'm 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 Sa- Sam Sam Elliott Page. But he's what he's tra- doing is he's constantly telling you about his sexuality, like he's trying to sell you a Dodge. So he's like he's just like you see these tits, they're made with mud grit steel and iron so why don't you grab yourself a sarsaparilla tough guy and start titty fucking because these tits are built dodge tough i'm go ahead i was just gonna say i'm surprised eric didn't come up with sam chris (laughs) elliott i've tried to work a chris elliott angle into this i'm trying believe me but just the idea of just like he was just like, what are you, some kind of transphobe? Are you scared to grab my fucking voluptuous-ass titties or what? <laughs> just, just Sam I, Elliott talking about I, his tits. I prefer the uh, the Benjamin Button Elliott. And it's like, remember when I did uh, the Big Lebowski, I was about 50 years old. But then when I did the Roadhouse, I was actually 80 years old. I only get younger. Because I drink on semen every day. <laughs> well, semen. If it's if it's Sam Elliot Page, that means if you have sex with them, you could also call them a ghost writer. <laughs> 
Have you guys seen? I I know we're getting off topic, but another just funny joke that I heard this week. Have you guys heard Shane Gillis's joke about uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer stories? It's really funny. Shane Gillis had a joke this week. He goes, uh, he's like, man. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer's out here killing all these gay black dudes. Who do you think he is? AIDS? That was pretty funny. It was pretty good. It's a pretty good joke. Um, anyway, Jeremy, do you do these songs that you have? Are they? Are, I mean, I assume same old log and dance is part of the movie that we're getting into shortly. But it, is motivation also? Yeah. Or do you want to preface time in the movie? Okay. Um, well, if without further ado, if nobody else has anything, I'm ready to kick this show in high gear. Let's start breaking down uh, this week's movie, which is 1998's The Blair Witch Project, uh, or should I say 99? Um, the uh, the story of three film students who vanish traveling into a Maryland forest to film a documentary about the local Blair Witch legend, leaving only the found footage behind. Ooh. Now, this uh, movie, I think, was is pretty special to me because when this came out, I was like 15 years old. I saw this in the movie theater, like the weekend it came out, and I legit left that movie theater and was like... Phew. This is the scariest shit I've ever fucking seen. This shit is this shit is good. Shit's real well, good. Be, being the youngest in the group, because um, I was born in 92, I think there is something really oddly... Wah, wah, there's... Or special to me um, because of the fact that, like, I grew up, like, I'm alive during the phenomenon of the movie, but I'm too young to watch it. Which is such a weird thing for me, just like historically. That's like, yeah, I totally grew up. I I was a part of like the significance around me. Mm-hmm. I used to drive through Burkittsville on my way to school every day, and I would hear people talk about it. It was everywhere, but I was too young to experience it. Mm-hmm. Well, the things that I remember most about this movie, um, just before I started diving in and kind of learning the ins and outs of it. Um, I remember this to be like literally the first like viral marketing campaign that I could remember. Um, back in back in like the late '90s, I think it's we had internet. I think '98. I think we had Errol's internet by that time, um, and that's where. Ashley, I don't know how much you're familiar about the 90s internet where it was just websites with green text and Space Jam and it yeah. was... Yeah, and you'd get like American online uh, discs like yes, in cereal boxes. Yes. You're like, you could get an hour of internet. And I'm like, oh my God. I remember I remember chatting with, uh, with other girls uh, on uh, AOL Instant Messenger uh, and that was that was my first. I guess the only time I ever really online dated was using AOL Instant Messenger because me and my friend Sean L found uh, found two lasses that we met at the Columbia Mall this way. Um, there, there was also nothing better. Not to deviate too far, but it's funny mm-hmm. that Eric brings up AIM. There was also nothing better than being mad at a boy. And you make a very passive aggressive away message. <laughs> oh, away messages were a big deal were a big deal back then. But can I, can I share my other favorite projects? Yeah, yeah. Is it Alan Parsons? Is that what you're Damn you. Out? I knew it. Damn you. <laughs> oh, that is not where I thought we were going. I was just assuming we were all gonna say the Manhattan project. <laughs> <laughs> the Manhattan <laughs> 
Well, they, you do have two fat boys on this one, so uh, <laughs> the Manhattan Project. There you go. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I do. Uh, I I remember also like before even going into this movie, knowing that it was like this weird uh, found footage thing. I remember going onto the website and seeing like reading the story of the Blair Witch, which is this totally cooked up thing that they had done as a marketing ploy. I was just like, dude, this is fucking, this is in Maryland. And in first of all, living in Maryland too, you were like, dude, this is fucking in Maryland. You know that? Which is funny that there's two like classic iconic horror movies that have also uh, two crazy ad campaigns around them. The other one that I'm thinking of would be, of course, the the Exorcist, which also had a crazy marketing campaign where they would show people the movie and they said it was so scary that people had to leave and stuff like that. Uh, just another Maryland-based film that uh, that is good at that. So if the, I wouldn't say we're the greatest filmmakers in the world, those movies that come out of here, but we are good at fucking selling them to people, let me tell you. Well, the other thing is, too, it's not only um, that... I, I agree that great filmmakers come out of Maryland, but also you think about things like Fort Detrick, which really awful things have happened there. It has been a basis for a lot of movies, even if they weren't filmed in Maryland, they're based on true stories of things that have happened at Fort Detrick, such as the movie Outbreak um, from the 90s, um, and even the series that was based on the book, The Hot Zone. Uh, and not, let's not forget uh, Hannibal Lecter and uh, all of that. That's uh, supposed to take place in Maryland and Quantico and the Mid-Atlantic in general. Um, I, I This is the other thing I really remember vividly about this movie, and I'll, I'll start by saying this fact. The giant laser. It was invented by the noted Cambridge physicist, Dr. Parsons. Therefore, we shall call it... The Allen Parsons Project. There we go. Jeremy has the, Jeremy on the board today. Jeremy on the board. Um, so the uh, this film is in the Guinness Book of World Records for uh, top budget box office ratio, which uh, the film itself cost sixty thousand dollars to produce and went on to make back two hundred and forty eight million dollars. Where did sixty thousand dollars go into this? Well, I'll get to that. So uh, the two hundred and forty eight million. It's basically a ratio for every dollar they spent, they made back ten thousand nine hundred and thirty one dollars. So, uh, I mean, great. Good for them uh, that they were able to pull this off. And I'm glad that you said that, Jeremy. Where did all the money go? Because I remember watching the director of this movie on an episode of David Letterman, just to date this back. And he's talking about it. He's like, I heard you you had $60,000 to do this. He's like, so what did you do with the other $59,000? (laughs) And I, I still remember that as just being such a great little Letterman line that he had when he, uh, when they had the director on back in the day. Um, the answer is drugs. The answer is a lot of drugs. No, I mean, truly, the uh, the the shooting of this movie, it took uh, eight days to do, uh, eight straight days of shooting, uh, but it took editing and putting it all together uh, a whole entire year after that. So um, really fun things. Um, other things I learned about this movie, which are uh, I think pretty interesting because I I had always assumed that this movie was filmed in Burkittsville, Maryland, which is right outside of Frederick, a uh, place where I often I, work. I, I could make five Blair Witch projects for sixty thousand dollars. I I but you've yet to make exactly one. 
baby eater. I, I have gotten a budget of $100 so far, and I've gotten <laughs> more than what these people accomplished. So, I... Uh, but looking at what where this actually was filmed, most of all the forest shots that you see where they're camping, that was all filmed in uh, Seneca Valley or Seneca Creek. That's in uh, Gaithersburg, Maryland. So Montgomery County. That's where you see most of the camping ones. And really, the only other one that wasn't there was uh, was where the house is, which is like a couple of miles away from my house, but is currently demolished and uh, was was torn down, unfortunately. But that was uh, basically in uh, Potomac. Potomac State Park, um, and they took it down because people kept visiting the house all the time, and it was like a dangerous hazard, which is a shame um, because, you know, I'd love to go out there. I almost visited it, but I didn't want to really park and then have to walk a couple thousand yards to get to it. It's called the Griggs House. Well, it was called the Griggs House. It no longer exists. It's been torn down. Now, uh, I... I will say, though, there is some pretty cool things, and I actually saw a a 2019 video that shows that this is all still here. If you go to Seneca Creek... Um, you can, there's directions online where you can go to the place where they have coffin rock, uh, which is like a part in the movie, this giant rock where she tells what happens at coffin rock. Uh, and then a short walk from there, you can go to the pine trees where all the stick men are hanging, like in, in that one shot of the movie. Um, those some bitches as of 2019, if I'm to believe this YouTube video are all still hanging up in this part of the woods. So, except now it's been like, you know, almost 25 years since that's been all happened that's happened and they have like vines that are growing through them and stuff and it like the twine looks like super fucking old and like it actually is like 10,000 times more creepy to walk through this part and uh I think I might have to come on a little excursion sometime uh bring the kids and be like daddy's gonna show you where the Blair Witch is this is a real thing and then I'll show them the movie in the woods until it gets dark and I'll run out real quick and I'll leave them there can I give an explanation about the Griggs house yes please it was actually uh, named after uh, Greg from The Last Starfighter. I'm not again a first-class Greg. Got your service, sir. <laughs> Jeremy, that is the deepest pull you've done on this show. And in a show where you do nothing but the deepest of pulls, that's got to be it right there. Greg, Greg is also behind uh, Halloween 3. He's, like, all into Sawin and everything. Sawin. Yeah, so, uh, the... The directors, uh, Daniel American, uh, Eduardo Sanchez, they're actually not from Maryland at all. They're actually from Florida uh, and came up with this idea to film the movie um, as a school project. And uh, it's basically how it all started out. And uh, man, they've never I couldn't tell you another Daniel Merrick or Eduardo Sanchez project. So I will click on it. Uh, Blair Witch uh, <laughs> and other Blair Witch movies. Um. So, um, I've actually been lucky enough to meet Eduardo uh, twice. Once when I was working um, security and talent management for the Maryland International Film Festival, like, holy shit, 10 years ago. Um, he's he's fantastic. They did go on to make uh, Lovely Molly, which was decent. It was also, if I'm not mistaken, semi-locally shot. Um I mean, it didn't, it's a different movie. It's completely kind of a different vibe. Um, But I didn't hate it. Uh, I did see that uh, I'm looking, I'm looking at uh, Eduardo Sanchez's filmography. He was a director of VHS 2, though, which seems like a, seems like a good pull right up his alley. 
Isn't his company Dirty Sanchez Productions? Yes, that is that is true. I I will say though, I I don't think I've ever seen VHS two, but I love VHS one and really only the one story about the succubus lady. That one's a fucking ten out of ten, man. The newest one, I think there's a third one now. Um, I I can't remember what that one's like titled. I think it's like VHS ninety eight or something. Yeah, um, yeah. that's currently on Shutter. That was fun. Oh, it that is good? good. All right, I want to check that out. I want to check that out then. Um, but no, so the this movie kicks you off, uh, and they bring you right into the world with these uh, three actors, all named after themselves: Heather Donahue, Mike Williams, and Josh Lennon. Um, really interesting how they did this because I, I watched the movie with commentary once through because uh, I have an old school DVD of it and never had watched that and uh, they talk about how rigorous the eight day shoot was so like they literally made them pack up shit um, throw it on their backs they had a GPS and they had to make it to each campsite each day and the directors would also let them go ahead because they would also set up things that they'd have to see and react to it in real time. And um, every day they would give them a little bit less food to eat as well and like went for a real boot camp style of reaction to get all this out of them, uh, which is probably horrible if you're thinking about it. Um, so much so that uh, Heather Donahue, like by the time that little monologue at the end where she's like looking at her, that wasn't a thing that was in the movie. That was just something that she was like feeling at that moment. And she was just like, I just want this fucking shoot to be fucking over and I need it fucking done. And I'm sorry for this. I'm sorry for that. And, uh, the, they talk about how like we didn't expect that to be anything that was going to be in the movie and it ended up being like the cover of the movie it ended up being um, the thing that is probably most quoted from the Blair Witch Project which is I'm so scared right now like that and just like uh, so even like I, I, they said three hours after that sh- shoot she was like that shot she was still hyperventilating in the woods like oh, just having man. a full mental breakdown well, well, you're right though about how iconic it is because like it's it's the shot that everybody remembers. But also for me, as like growing up after this, it was also so iconic that it was parodied so much in both film, you know, SNL um, posters, whatever. It was South Park had so- a great episode of it too, where Randy's like, "I'm so startled right now. I'm really yeah, startled." It, it was universally like yeah. famous, and again, we're talking when we say like universally known, we're talking like pre-viral days, pre-TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, all social medias. Yeah. It was universally known without social media. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that, and we've talked about this on some of our other episodes, how this maybe isn't the first found footage movie that's ever been, right? We've watched horrible ones like The Legend of Boggy Creek that go all the way back to the 70s and stuff like that. But Blair Witch was something that I would say created really, that was the genre defining one. Because without Blair Witch's success, you don't get movies like Quarantine or uh, uh, Cloverfield and things like that. I mean, you look at this, it was made with $60,000 and then you get a big blockbuster found footage one in Cloverfield like a couple years later which is kind of nuts right like well, right but I mean and you're totally right you wouldn't even not that I'm a fan of this franchise but you would not have paranormal activity yeah you, you wouldn't, wouldn't have any of those no you're right 100% sure 
sure. Um, but yeah, this uh, I like how they kick it off. You get to meet the three actors, and it, it's all. I, I dare I say it is the most authentic '90s feeling movie of like anything you'll ever watch. Yes. Like Clueless, I get it. Like that's that's Hollywood's interpretation of what '90s kids look like. This is like, oh, you drive a shit car, and that is clothes that people would wear in the '90s. These all guys look like skeevy stoners that you would meet. Like I, the only thing that even gets even close is maybe Clerks in in just a look and aesthetic of that feel. But this is just it's so much more authentic because this was like oh yeah these are just the clothes i wear um <laughs> well, well, right and not only that i i made a note that even the extras those that have minor speaking roles that are supposed to be locals that move the the plot along they feel authentically local the weirdness the lack of attractiveness you know what i'm saying like it doesn't oh, have yeah. the like beautiful hollywood feel it feels like people First you would legitimately know in your town. Oh, yeah. I, I was watching that one scene. So, you know, they in the early parts where they're at Burkittsville and they're kind of talking to the local townsfolk. One, the lady in the diner they talk to, who's like the young girl, she's actually like, a, I think, sister of uh, of Heather, um, who just was on set that day. So they used her. But they had... Um, the the one lady who they really wanted they love that shot and then she's like the lady with the long hair who has the kid and the kid's like trying to cover her mouth while she's trying to talk about it they didn't have her um release like they either lost it or they just forgot to ask for it and they said up until like a month before that they couldn't track this lady down and they just needed her to sign the release they're like we want your part in the movie it's in the edit right now and they had to literally hire like personal investigators to go find and track her down and then as soon as she saw it, she was like oh well yeah and she just that whole story she just was a person on the street that the actors saw that day and she ad-libbed that entire thing the whole thing with the kid everything it was great so she did not come to the special screening that I did like what, like a year or two ago. She was not there, but it's crazy how time passes. The little girl is now full grown adult and she was there and she talked about how that went down. And that was exactly right, Eric, what she talked about. But it's crazy to think that the passage of time, that girl is now in her forties. <laughs> really? That can't, that doesn't seem right. That lady, that girl can't be in her forties. Then she aged badly. Yeah, I mean, because look, I was 15 when I saw the movie, and it was filmed, I think, in like 90. Oh, and you're not even 40, so oh, yeah, she's... yeah. She's just uh, she. That's what we call a Burkittsville six. Um... She looks. <laughs> you're just looking. She was actually the pageant winner in 2011, uh, Miss Burkittsville. Wow, uh, who knew? <laughs> so <laughs> they would cut me calling her ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Old Pony is throwing shade at the locals. <laughs> so I, I will. Uh, other the, the only other person that I love who is the most authentically uh mid-atlantic extra you could find is the guy who's fishing the guy who's fishing where he's like i'll tell you i'll tell you what those damn kids over there that, that wish is crazy she he has the full like i'm bam margera's dad and i'm fishing right now vibe and he is uh, she's like I'm telling you these kids they just ain't gonna learn they're gonna have to learn their own way because that is just <laughs> such like such like a a, a country thing he's just like i try to tell the boy but he's gonna do what he's gonna do <laughs> Are you guys gonna gonna skip over um, 
trailer park lady. No, who, trailer park lady is great. Who's like 90 years old and she's like got a Bible in her hand. But like every other second, she's coughing up like a millipede. Like, oh, I know nothing about the book. It's like a demon runs out of her mouth. And she like literally looks as gaunt and as old as death. So you're talking about uh, Mar- uh, the character is Mary Brown, played by Patricia mm-hmm. Patricia Deku. Uh and she actually just saw a flyer that was up at like Montgomery uh, College, and um, for the for this small film, and she was the only one that responded to it. And she was so they said she was so helpful, and like she's like, yeah, you're a crazy kook. She she also helped with art design for the film uh, after that. So. Um, <laughs> She was a really helpful part. That just she made all the little things out of sticks and shit. She was just like, I make I make crafts. Uh, one day there will be a website called Etsy that I will be able to sell these I, on. Uh, I'll also <laughs> be able to help with the special stick package, and I put my own tooth into it. Uh, this is my own tooth that I add to it, and she oh. the tooth and she gets scared. She uh, we're we're being awfully mean, boys. She has a phenomenal jawline. <laughs> God, <laughs> she she definitely looks like a lady that would cook a small cake with her pubes in it. Uh, she died two <laughs> days after the release of the film, unbelievable. I don't I don't like that Eric make the comment that she looks like she would make a hair pie because when they describe the Blair Witch, she is quote hairy from head to toe, and I don't like that I wasn't offered any money with them using my likeness and story. <laughs> now i want to see pictures so yeah. as they as they uh venture out into the woods uh the you get a great shot of where they park the car where they kind of look back and that's the last time you ever see the car in it um it's actually used in the special features a lot there's a whole other weird documentary in the special features about the tertiary characters in the aftermath which is really hokey and not great at all it has the same sweet, production sweet 92 plymouth Dude, it's like it, it is just like a it feels like it's produced by a local news crew. It's real bad. Uh and and just the actors that they hired, he was just like, uh, there's this one guy who's like supposed to be the the acting coach for Montgomery College, and he's just like, uh, yeah, I remember Heather was a actress and the Mike was good, right? Like it's like they're clearly like Okay, Mike. Yeah, yeah, he was there. He was he was there, and I think the movie would have equally as worked if they would just tried to find their car in the large mall parking lot, and they were at Towson Town Center. Like, we can't find our car. It's all my fault where I parked. I should remember where I parked. It's been three days. We've looked 18 hours a day. We can't find our car in the parking lot. Well, the one thing that I will say is, um, uh, which it really doesn't happen in a movie is they, they, I love that, you know, Heather is clearly like the, the role, the leader of this group, right? She's the director. She's really taking it. And the guys don't ever, don't ever question, uh, where she's taking, taking them. Right. She doesn't, they, they, they really don't like second guess her. Um, which is crazy because if the roles were reversed and there was two ladies following a guy, they would have asked him to stop for directions like a million times. And they're like, no, 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 I know where we're going. I seen to the tree like this before. We do not ask for directions. Um, this movie be called the Dundalk witch. And she's the least stoned and, um, dumpy of the three. So, <laughs> 
can I say though that she is every girl you hated in high school? Her personality, she got accepted early to college and she pretends to get drunk at parties. Yeah. That's the vibe she gives off. You're going to eventually go to college. It's all your faults that you don't yeah. know where we are. Yeah, she she looks like the person like, I'm so wasted right now. What it, is that O'Doul's that you're drinking right now? Is that a... <laughs> yeah. She's the girl that has one Bud Light, and she's like, I'm so hammered. I'm <laughs> Next I'm month, I am so going to be on the set of Rust helping to manage the guns for this movie, and I'm going to be famous. Uh, Heather Donahue... go wrong? Heather Donahue though was uh was so good in this movie that uh uh and the the way that this was marketed that her mother actually received sympathy cards cuz most a lot of people did believe she actually did die in this movie. Uh so <laughs> I think there's a little fun fact. Uh so fun they fact. they kind of uh venture out in the woods and it quickly becomes uh gets real creepy real fast. There's always uh and what they would do is they'd set up for camp. They had a GPS they had to go to every single night to make it to their campsite. And each leg of it was supposed to be strenuous enough so that it would make the actors tired. And they didn't know what was going to happen. They just said, "Hey, when you start hearing stuff, start rolling and just give us your natural things." And what the first couple of nights where you hear just like sticks and stuff, it's literally just the film producers and uh, and directors throwing sticks and stuff like that. And sometimes they had a boom box. If you heard a voice, it was a boom box that would play. And that would be the thing that you'd hear off in the distance. They're like, I don't know what the fuck that is, but all right, we're going to go back. Um, I, I also love that... Uh, I, I'm not really crazy about the uh, Josh character, but Mike is such a good actor because he says everything that the audience thinks in it. He was just like, listen, this shit is dumb. We need to fucking leave. I want to fuck. Can we go? Can we go now? Can we go? Why aren't we leaving? <laughs> can, can I just point out, I just want to make it naked known, that I don't understand how people wouldn't be found sooner because here's my opinion if i went messing for like three days eric would know immediately because he'd be like i haven't gotten any memes and she's not complaining about anything i think she's dead yeah i would i'd worry about it the second i the second i was day 48 hours in and i hadn't seen a suicide ask meme that make me think that like i should call a wellness check on her uh i'd be concerned for sure um like my friends don't hear from me for two days like I think I'll just leave his cooler out and maybe he'll come and get it. <laughs> yeah, they they fucking honeypot you with beer. <laughs> we we know that Jeremy's not either alive or he's not around because we're like, you know, there's an awful lot of rats that don't have little BBs in them. Oh, that is true. You haven't heard from him in two days, but he sounded really upbeat right before he killed himself. <laughs> so... So uh it was the happiest day of his life. He's going on to new worlds and seeing like spaceships and things. I like to I like to kind of move us forward as things get more and more creepy. Uh uh because the it's basically eight days and eight nights, right? Uh, of the shoot. Um I think it's night that's, that's four. when Anne Hayes finally crashed her car and died. Damn it. <laughs> I crazy nights. Whew, sh uh, she should have uh, maybe walkered instead of run, if you know what I mean. Um, Fast and furious eight crazy nights. So, uh, <laughs> oh, hey, man. who's in my who's in my front in my front 
living room. It's Anne Hayes. She's on fire. Whew, man, she was really done for, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> there we go. How many more fiery car crashes can we talk about? All right, so uh, uh, I think night uh, four LeBron is like... James didn't crash a plane into their plane into their house, too. That would have been ironic, don't you think? I, I, a little too ironic. And I, think I, really it was, I, think. I think it was Michael Jordan who crashed a plane. That's why he died. So. Okay. Uh, I don't even know what to do with that. Um, so well, Was he with the Sixers or the, the Philadelphia Eagles or something? Yeah, it's... it's we're just going to move on. Uh, I'm having a, I'm having a Black Mamba uh, press, bite press delete, press given delete. to myself. So the... Um, I like night four of this because this this scene is probably the the most uh the I think the scariest that you get to see um when the tent starts shaking in the middle of the night, which was something that they didn't know was gonna happen. Um that was just the director going like this and he's like, It's like get the fuck out of here. And so they go off running and originally the cameraman was supposed to run and the part where you hear um you hear her go what the fuck is that um that's actually they did have the actual blair witch technically there which was some lady off in the distance totally dressed in white off to the off to the left um but they were actually so terrified that when he heard the scream he was like fuck that i gotta get the fuck out of here and he ran and didn't pan back and they had talked about reshooting it and they were like i don't know man the scene's so good and scary even without seeing her white figure and just they went they were like you know what? no you don't even get to see the blair witch you just that's that was it so um I think not seeing her is so much better for the movie that the idea that she's like this faceless horror, I think is fantastic. No, it is. I, I like it. I, I don't, I kind of wish we got just like a silhouette or something, just that, because I'm a big fan of like the movie alien, of course, and alien, you don't see the fucking alien for 90% of that movie, except for just little like this, just a little flash like this here and there. Um, I'm a bigger well, fan of that, but I, I, I totally understand what you're saying, though. Right, because because for me, though, what I think is so special about a movie like this, and we don't get this all the time and done well, is that it does really raise the question, the whole movie, is it actually happening or is it all the undoing in your own mind that you're so psychologically yeah. wound up that it's you imagining it, you doing it, or is it actually supernatural? Yeah, it's uh, it's basically this home film is like a uh, it's a master course in gaslighting is what I think it is, right? It's just like it, this listen lady, there's no ghosts out here. Come on. Speaking <laughs> of master class in gaslighting, Eric has new shows up on the website. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I had him. I put him up finally. I did. Um, the best. The best I've seen uh, close to to Blair Witch is uh, one of these uh, uh, paranormal shows where where shit moves and the guy pans around with his regular camera. He leaves the house because he's so freaked out, and he comes back in and he pans around and he's like. The man used the camera and panned around, but he didn't notice this till later on video. And it's the fucking demon head over the top of the doorway, 
just kind of poking its head through, and he's like, I didn't notice this. Like, holy fuck. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the video you're talking about. <laughs> Jesus. Well, Jeremy, hear me out. I know you're already working on Baby Eater, but what if we made a movie that people thought they had an apparition in their house moving shit around, and it's like the whole movie. At the end of the movie, you find out you just have a rat infestation in there what's moving. <laughs> yeah. It's called, we'll call it uh, the graveyard shift. I'm into it. Um, I, I'm for the same exact style of every uh, paranormal uh, videotape, except that when they turn the corner... Every demon comes out from around the doing the can can and the hat dance. <laughs> Hello, oh, my, my baby. baby. Hello, oh, my, my darling. Baby. Hello, my ragtime gal. <laughs> uh, and every and every paranormal guy doesn't freak out. They're like, "Oh, fuck this!" Yeah, fuck asshole ghosts. So uh, the next uh, the next night, or they they finally stay out in the woods that night. They return back to the site, and Josh's shit is all covered with shit. And he's like, "Why is it? I don't know why I was. Why are they only covered in my shit, man? What the fuck?" And I, I like that. It's a real. It 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 had real Ashley Pontius vibes, if I can be honest. Uh, just like, why is everything fucked up? But mine's more fucked up today. The worst. The worst thing about demons is all they're looking for is for something that they can masturbate into. Oh yeah. Well, they said uh, I did listen to this the the secret uh, goo that was on everything. It was just petroleum jelly. So uh, them goose was fucking. Since uh, <laughs> the movie, the secret of the ooze. Yeah, yes, Blair Witch just looks like. Find me something that I can masturbate into, preferably from the turtles. I can. I must fuck one turtle shell. You know how hard it is to jerk off with razor fingers. Wait, I was tuning out. What are we talking about? The new Mario movie? New, new, the new, uh, um, uh, um, the, the, the animated version of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Uh, Whew. That was a whole got sentence there. you got out there. Um, so, uh, the, uh, the the next day they they finally set up camp they still don't get out uh but when they awaken after that night uh josh is gone in the morning and uh he's just missing and uh this was done for two reasons it's funny that they they had the idea of like yeah um we're not gonna have to pay one of the actors three days we got to get him out there by night thing and they, they they weren't sure which one they were gonna go there was gonna be like the weakest actor out of them and it was josh and they were like yeah that guy can go hey <laughs> I too have a Josh in my life that I would be glad if they disappeared. Oh, zinger, Pontius family. Hey, we're not gonna really, ex- you know, we're not gonna explain how you're not in the movie. You're just gonna be gone. You're not uh, gonna be in the next scene. So much so that you know the the. So I'll, I'll get to I'll get to that because Josh is featured in voice uh, a little bit later on. But uh, as they as they move forward that day, uh, I think this is what a song that Jeremy's leading up to. You'll see that they walk all day, Mike and uh, Heather, and then he goes, "This is the same fucking log. It's the same one. It was the same one." Um, also, an authentic reaction because the two actors were indeed lost, and they did walk all day, and they found out they had gone in a giant circle, and that was a real face of frustration. Uh, the, so as they're walking that day. 
there's shit that's set up and they're supposed to follow this path in the GPS, but um, they have walkie talkie thing and they're like, you're in the wrong spot. And they start walking and you're like, oh my God, it's the same fucking log. And so that whole thing where like she's crying and he's freaking out about it and screaming that just an authentic, real frustration moment right there of being lost in the woods. The only difference between this and uh, Seinfeld is that Kramer isn't carrying a giant television with him. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny? I also assume Jeremy says the same thing at home when someone doesn't flush the door. <laughs> you really know. It's you really same. know my world. What I come to it, every day. It's the same <laughs> log. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> oh fuck! So Jeremy, is that is that cue us up for this song right here? Yeah, you don't have to play it all. Okay. That was pretty good, Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy, that's going on game night. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one's going to make it. That one's going to make it. We got a new fucking hit. The boys are back, baby. Uh, Jeremy, what gave you the inspiration for that song? When she says uh, they can't be the same guy. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, God. Jeremy, you never sees. Now you have one other song. What's what's where, where do we place this last song at? Coming up very soon. Coming up very soon. Okay. Uh, I hope I mentioned the the right thing. So uh, they they make it through. Uh, they have to camp that night, and um, this time they can kind of hear uh, outside. They can hear Josh's voice kind of going. Oh, oh, oh like that basically what uh how i imagine jeremy wakes up every morning of just screaming i'm alive again oh why why, why didn't i die why am i still alive i second that jeremy that's not true i've held a job for four months in a row hell yeah, yeah. fuck yeah dude fuck. Yeah. So uh, uh, this was done. Obviously, this was Josh's actual voice, uh, but they made him record it from California, uh, and they made him send it in, and they played it on boom boxes all over the place. So Josh was never on site for the rest of the movie. He's only heard through boom boxes that are hidden in, uh, in the house when we get to that, as well as in the woods. Um, but I also like it, just like the panic. The panic just feels really real there, especially when Mike goes, he's like, tell us where you are! Um so I, I would agree. Um, I have actually been lost before. Um, 
they're lucky enough to be together. I actually got lost in 2015 um, alone by myself in the Southern Alps in New Zealand Damn. for three days. Wow. That's fucking crazy. What it was terrifying. Did you did, did did how did they find you or did you find yourself out? I got very lucky that I wandered. I, I, I didn't know where I was and I got lucky that I wandered into the like I don't oh I guess I wandered into the town I was looking for. Like I had an idea of where I was headed. Um and I got through the through a clearing and and there was the town. I was I was I was very lucky um, that I was within three days. I don't know what I would have done much longer after that. But but yeah, it was cold. It's snowing because you're in that part of the Alps. Um, yeah, it is not a fun experience. Yeah, at being, all. Being lost. I fully, I agree with you. It was well executed. I have a similar story. Really? Okay. I drank three cups of coffee, and apparently, I felt like I really needed to go to Coles. <laughs> so I was in the middle of coals, and that's when the coffee really set in, and I just pooped all through my pants. Instead of trying to find a bathroom, I just hid in the biggest rack of clothes I could. Five years later, they found me in coals. Oh. Oh. Eventually, eventually, out of the racks of clothing, I made my own boomerang. Oh, your own boomerang? Yeah. Oh, I can see. I saw a rig that could save this boy from this coals rack of fucking pants right here. We'll get him out of these some, khakis. But then some stranger had like a little music box, and I came out of the rack of clothing. That's how I was saved. I'm just going to keep us going off track. Out of the Rack is a documentary about Eric's rocking tits. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Hey, if it's one thing I know is that these tits are built with barbed wire determination and full grain American coffee. And I'm working on the audio for my Coles story. Hey, in Coles, I've been hiding because I pooped my pants. <laughs> Eventually the stranger came and drew me out with his music box. Now... <laughs> The new world started. Wait, Jeremy, are you telling me you come from Charter Town? <laughs> Everybody who pooped their pants came from Charter Town. Just. Oh. <laughs> so wore pants again, although pooping without pants was much easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I wrote it in the great history of the world to not shit your pants. And if you took them off, it'd be a lot cleaner and easier. And by the time I hit 40, I learned how to wipe. We had a national anthem called I Don't Have a Pair of Poopy Pants. I love the sequel, Turdy Road. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, This is a silly episode and I'm here for it. I'm it's here nutty. for it. It's crazy. We love Coles. Um, so you buy Coles. So uh, they go. They get lost for one more day, uh, and there's there's kind of I, I like the last day uh, because there's kind of like a more lightheartedness. They're like, yeah, we're fucked. This is fun. And they're like, hey, what's your favorite thing? It used to be camping, but not anymore. Not camping's not my favorite thing anymore. Um, and they have some good laughs and. Uh, which brings us to our final night. They hear Josh out there again, and uh, they're drawn to a house, which is can only be described as a thing of nightmares. There's something about the most important part. What's that? The part of the documentary. 
uh, where where she's looking into the camera, talking about how she's so scared, or the part where he interviews her because he hates her doing documentaries. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just like gives her special direction. Oh, making a documentary. Yeah, I I know I know what you're talking about, and uh, would you should I just play the song now? Yep. What's your motivation? Here we go. Green day. Here's your motivation, yeah. Here's your motivation. Yeah. Here's your motivation. You're lost in the woods and you're fucked, yeah. Here's your motivation, yeah. Here's your motivation, yeah. You're hungry and you're fucked, and it's all your fault, yeah. Oh, you documentary. Oh yeah, in the glare which is coming to get you, here's your motivation, yeah, try to find that motivation, yeah, you're lost in the woods in Maryland. I feel like it needed a farty noise sol- solo right here. Here's your motivation, yeah. Want some motivation, yeah? Gonna put the camera in your face for your strong jeremy all right that's the end of the song uh that was a good motivation yeah i i do love that scene where he's just like you're scared of the woods what's your motivation it's a real game over quality uh, from aliens a bill paxton uh uh feel to it if you will now cry cassie so uh they get to the last night and uh they're drawn by the josh's screams to a house that looks fucking horrible as we see the dilapidated house um mike kind of frantically makes his way through he gets to the attic and it's covered with little child uh handprints all over it uh which is pretty scary Uh, a part of the blair witch mythos of kids being abducted and murdered and such so, um, actually, those aren't child handprints. Okay. I have remarkably small hands and no toilet paper. Ooh. She was just making making Simba Lion Kings all over the wall. Um, so... <laughs> The uh, the uh, he then hears uh, the commotion downstairs. He's like, "Nope, I hear him downstairs. I gotta run!" Whoa! And uh, uh, by the time she makes her way down there, you can see that Mike is just staring at a corner. And then you hear a thud as like her camera drops to the floor, and that brings us to an end 
of the Blair Witch Project. Very spooky, very scary as everyone dies. Um, now, the story was sold to us as that... Uh, hold, hold on. Talk amongst yourselves. My children need me. Yes, kids! What the f- heck? It's hard to talk amongst ourselves when he's not on mute and he was yelling. Um... <laughs> I'm going to do Eric's job. Jeremy, do you have any final thoughts about this movie? Now, who was uh, explaining that the, the somebody killed somebody later on after the Blair Witch and brought him into the, the uh, basement to stand in a corner while somebody else got killed, which was explained earlier, but then uh, apparently it was happening again. Eric. Yes, I'm back now. Sorry. Hi. Did I miss anything? <laughs> Uh, what happened to your eye i don't know i think i got mascara in it jeremy asked you a question but you were busy i was my my child wanted to go see see her friend so i said it was cool but she has to come back and check in in two hours that's all um jeremy your question i'm sorry i'm I'm back no i I thought there was a the, the, the the fishing guys explained the real motivation towards the end that uh somebody killed somebody after the blair witch and and somebody had to stand in the corner while somebody else was killed, and then he killed yeah. the corner. Yeah, that was that was part of that um, that part of it. But that's only because he it was either that uh, uh, yeah that he had to wait until the killing was done. But that guy who got framed was not the it was somebody else who wasn't the Blair Witch for that murder. So um, I think it had something to do with Scientology, and also Tom Cruise had to hide in a closet. That oh, is true. Spacey. Yeah, it's a metaphor for uh, Tom Cruise's closeted homosexuality, for sure. We all read that between the lines. Um, uh, by the way, same same year, Mission Impossible Two, and the real Mission Impossible was keeping his sexuality under wraps that long. So, uh, anyway, let's uh, uh, move forward with that. But the idea of uh, the the whole mythos of the story is that this was filmed in '94, and the footage was found in '95 and then was released to the families finally in 97 after they'd given up attempts and that's why we have this movie to show everybody um, uh, the horrors of the Blair Witch but uh, we just want to say that we're very open in quality time Mm -hmm. and that gayness is just like a phase like every once in a while you just gotta have like a thousand dicks then you go back to pussy yeah, that's um, I'm still working on mine I'm only on 999 right now so uh, I mean, you, when you're drunk, you want dick, but when you're straight, you want put. When you're sober, you want pussy. Jeremy, how fast can we get that on the shop for sale? Can we get that on t-shirts, or do you think we could? When think you're we drunk, could do that? You want dick. When you're sober, you want pussy. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> clear words from Jeremy Woodworth. Um, the, no, uh, overall though, I, I love the, the Blair Witch Project. It holds a special place in my heart, uh, and a special place in, uh, I think movie going history to say the least. I'm, I'm glad it was, uh, uh, my pick of the week. Ashley, your final thoughts on the Blair Witch. Um, I can't wait until I lure Eric and Jeremy into the woods to finish Baby Eater, and then we all just die instead. <laughs> Coming to a Chili's near you. For the final footage of Baby Eater. And <laughs> she killed the director and the star. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who, who's what? Okay, so... Um, I'm the director. 
Oh, I'm the star? Yikes. All right. So, uh, Jeremy, your final thoughts on the Blair Witch Project? Um, Man, if I just wish I had some of that $59,000 of blow they had for that movie. Mm-hmm. And by the way, a big, uh, a, a big mode, uh, uh, what's the word, inspiration for me that I can make a shitty movie too. All right. <laughs> Jeremy, you're not, so you, you think the Blair Witch Project is bad movie. You don't like it. Uh, guaranteed. Yeah, it's it's not only the style. Uh, it, it's it's carnyism at its best. You know, if you if you hit, if you shoot enough in the dark, eventually you you hit uh, Alec Baldwin. So, okay, if you shoot enough in the dark, eventually you hit Alec Baldwin. Also cool. available on the Quality Time merch site. Which uh, is also my favorite <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne song, "Shot in the Dark." Shot in the mold. All right, so uh, that brings us to an end. Ashley, what you got coming up on the docket? Um, you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs, or more preferably, you can find me at Slashing Gash DMV on Instagram. Uh, I do have a show October 14th at uh, the Courtyard in Ellicott City, City with um, Mike Quinlan. Oh, that'll be lovely. Uh, I got a bunch of shows up in October, and my website is updated for the first time in four months because I had enough shows that I'd guess stop being lazy, and I, I, it's there. So, Eric with a K, comedy with a C. Check all that shit out. Jeremy, take us the hell out of here, brother. I'm a Blair Witch, bitch! <laughs> <laughs>